They're my favorite part of the editing process. Oh, Claire's mouth. Claire's got a very talented mouth. Yeah. Thing you should put on your what that mouth do. What that mouth do? Say so anyone want to date Claire? Here's what that mouth do. <laughs> this could the, this could be the soundtrack of our lives. The soundtrack of your life. You take me home. I make I these sounds, and you are warm inside. <laughs> are you warm inside? I don't know. You're cringing. I'm Claire. There you go. (laughs) Great. Okay. Well, (laughs) so we're here (laughs) in the official inside of season six. Doing the do. Uh, And yes, for those who, for some reason, didn't listen last week or forgot or doing this out of order, this season is all about reduxing. We're going to, you guys ranked, you picked your favorites, your prompts, and we're just going to do them again. Once more with feeling. Once more with feeling. Yes. Uh, I like have forgotten. Are most of the prompts from season one? No. Okay. Are half of them? Mm, I feel like it's... No, I no. no, no, no. Okay. So I, I went through all of our catalog. I listed out what the prompt was. Um, I then eliminated any that were fandom specific. So it wasn't like bring a like a Marvel one. And then I did a little bit of like cleaning up because some of the, the prompts were like a hair too specific. Um, but I basically condensed it down to a list of uh, kind of fun tags, prompts that we could look at. Mm-hmm. And then we filtered it through the Instagram where we did a very massive head to head voting like extravaganza. If you're not that, on the Instagram, you're really missing out yeah. on half of our production. <laughs> and, um, and then that got <laughs> us down the to the prompts for our season. So. Yes. And I I think it's going to be a good season. Also, like not unofficially, we've been like scoping out what fandoms you guys have been feeling like we've been missing. So that's not like really part of it. But like it's it's giving us a lot of inspiration, at least me for this one that I'm going to read today. So uh, this one was interesting because I was given uh, Fix It Fic. Yes. (laughs) Which originally was for you and maybe like season two. Yes. Or three, two. I think it was two. Um, and you fixed the entirety of How I Met Your Mother. So I had a tough game on my hands of like, how do I fix an entire thing? Yes. And so what I did was I started looking through the Marauders. <gasps> I love the Marauders. And I, I don't see like I I never really like started diving into the different Harry Potter generations. Like I know a lot of people write fic about like the next next gen. I don't the, the kids. Sure. I don't, they have a name. I don't know what that is. I don't remember, but it's that. Or uh, Harry Potter's grown and an adult. Yeah. That's its own thing. Yeah. Then, I yeah. read the Marauders because since we didn't have a ton of, it was like. It, oh yeah. Okay. So what's like the, like when people say Marauders, do they just mean like the characters at the time period? Is that, cause I know there's like fan or like, is there, is there a movie? Of the Marauders, but it's like no. Not a oh, big I think at one point one. there was there was going to maybe be a TV show. Okay, because I remember um, seeing production stuff, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't. No, this isn't out. Yeah, Where no, is it's it? that. So one, uh, my personal thing with the Marauders is like I didn't ever read like just regular Harry Potter fanfic because mm. I was like too pure for I'd like yeah I wasn't ready for it. And then when I started reading the fucking cursed child, I was like, you know what? Yeah. If she's gonna fuck around, I can also find out. Fair. So fair. So I. Couldn't read the traditional Harry Potter fanfic, but I could read the all the Marauder stuff because since it we didn't have a ton of the canon, it felt like a then, better place to explore. Yeah, then it felt comfortable and okay to explore the Marauders and like mm. Wolfstar and yeah. like you know James and Lily, Jilly or yeah. whatever their couple. Well, like, I was the Marauders is not like a place that I know a lot about in terms of like either because I kind of dropped off the bandwagon after the books were done mm-hmm. so I didn't do it I did Pottermore for a little bit and I know there's a lot of lore that like came up there yeah. so like when I read Harry Potter I was not paying attention to the adults like I truly they were full side characters to me I could not have told you like all this stuff about like Remus Sirius I was like okay <laughs> like everyone was like they're clearly in love and I was like I could not tell you one thing that they did if the main three were not around yeah <laughs> like not not in my brain space so I was not like super aware of this fandom so it was fun to dive in yeah and I figured if we're gonna fix all of Harry Potter which we do at this point <laughs> good where else 
to go, but the full pass. We have to go back. We have to go deeper. We have to go deeper. We have to go farther back. Yes. Yes. And so I found this fic and got in touch with the author. The name of the fic is If I Could Find a Way by Zephyr Fox. Z-E-P-H-Y-R-F-O-X. Yeah, Zephyr. Zephyr. Yes. And it is, I want to say, fair. it's fairly recent. It's from 2019. So I want to get in touch with this author. And that was especially fun because when I did, they... As far as I know, are our most senior writer. Uh, so I got in touch with them and they said it was fine to read the fic. And I was like, you know, people just kind of tell us, you know, whatever. Some people tell us their age or maybe their like job is always fun. Yeah. And so they got back and they said, I go by Callan. I'm 54. Ooh. Are they them? Wow. In the U.S. And they're a historian. And what? they've been writing and posting fic since 2005. That is so cool. I know. I was like, wow, this is this person is almost on like their second decade of writing fic. Right. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's so cool. So they, I think, originally wrote for like the James Bond fandom, which I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, I've never experienced. That's so wild. It's, it, well, and I'm like, that's it was a different time, obviously. But I'm like, I guess. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, I mean, it's always still a different. Making... It's always a different James Bond. So you can really like play with it. Like yeah. it's the American it's Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah, 100 percent. And then more no, recently, he hasn't always been played by an American and he's technically British. Yeah, and... we, we in America like James Bond. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. A similar way. No, that's not even true. It, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Don't don't no. worry about it. My <laughs> Just... dad's a big James Bond fan, so I've seen a lot of them. It movies. feels like a very American um, culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's we're we're gonna kill people and go on missions. And Doctor Who's like we're gonna be curious and make friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very, like tone is different. <laughs> anyway, but now they write more for Harry Potter and the the Witcher fandom. So oh, sick. They also said that they kind of wrote it in their head on a car trip and then wrote it down. After. I love and I was those. like that really because they wanted to think about like different sides of the story of like the opening of Harry Potter. Like why mm. was all this happening? Um, and some different elements that like could have or should have been brought in yeah. uh, that were not maybe explored. So let's get into our drink, which is a dark and stormy butterbeer. I'm proud of this one. I don't know if it's good. I think it's good. I did taste it, but I also don't have a good like sense of taste. It's great. Because Someday... I was looking up dark and stormies first. Okay. It's a uh, ginger beer and dark rum. So like, okay. And uh, lemon or lime juice, depending on what you're doing with it. I did lemon because I also it's like put a, in almost. Yeah. It's like an almost two gingers. It's kind of uh, Moscow mule-y, but the, the rum really gives it a different flavor okay, profile. Okay. There's not a ton I of I think I've had it with, I think I've had ginger beer, beer with whiskey. Yeah, so it's ginger beer. So we have the, the beer element of the ginger beer. Yep. Um, and then I added in just like a, a dash, like a 0.5 ounces of butterscotch liqueur. <laughs> so it's an interesting flavor mix. I like it, but maybe it's weird and I'm weird. So you tell me. <laughs> All right. ASMR. Oh, oh, that's pretty good. It, um, like, it's just got that little bit of butteriness. I got, I got nervous because, um, I, you know, since I jostled it, mm-hmm. I got like a very the the, the rum, smell. the rum smell <laughs> wafted up into my nose, and I was like, uh oh, this oh, is man. gonna be, this is gonna remind me of some dark college days. And then it was fine. And yeah. then there was a nice butterscotchy finish. So yes. that was good. And I, yeah, and I couldn't tell if the butteriness um, went with the the everything but i think i think it does like ginger yeah, yeah, yeah. ginger and um caramel and ginger and butterscotch you sh- are sometimes put together you just gotta yeah, yeah, be yeah. careful with it so i'm glad it's not trash <laughs> and the reason i picked this was because i don't like i can't verbally explain it but like something about the opening of harry potter is very like it was a dark and stormy night and harry potter was in his crib <laughs> and like i know that's not how it actually starts but like in my very brain close one thundering now really helps me out <laughs> The vibes, the vibes, the vibes were correct. And so it kind of feels like uh, it's not it's not murder mystery, but it's like plot plotty, which feels dark and stormy night E to me. (laughs) Good. This is just all vibes. Good. And also, obviously, Butterbeer is Harry Potter. This centers around Remus and Sirius. Yep. On the night of Harry Potter's um, the story arc, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) The day he became the boy who lived. Yes. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Oh, oh, we're fixing it all the way back. Yes, we're retconning the entire story. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> as we should. Pads. Grief clawed at his chest like a wild thing as he stumbled through the darkness. Sirius had only one purpose now. Everything else was lost in the blur surrounding him. A figure appeared from out of the shadows, becoming real as it stepped into a pool of light. His awareness expanded enough to recognize there was a street lamp overhead, illuminating the night. The figure's familiar scent reached him over the smell of exhaust fumes and the road beside him. It wasn't his prey 
He could ignore it. He had to keep searching. Strong hands grasped his upper arms and forced him to stop. Sirius snarled and tried to shrug them off. He needed to get away. He had no time for this. He had to stop the traitor. His very soul howled for revenge. Padfoot! He finally succeeded in shaking off the hands, trying to hold him back. He looked wildly around the street, seeing only a few muggles and their automobiles. The traitor, where is he? The rat, he was here. He had to be. So they're, yeah, so they're like on, on, on the literal tail of... <laughs> The literal tale. I think he's still a rat. <laughs> That's how he escaped in yeah, his he rat was, form. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he turned into a rat. Yeah. That's what he Sirius, was. Sirius got framed for Peter Pettigrew's murder. Yes. They, all they found was like Sirius yes. and yes, Peter's yes, yes. fucking thumb. I like truly again, this is just my like brain of like, I don't remember context. Like I didn't I didn't remember anything about like the inception of Harry Potter being connected to like Sirius Black and like Peter Pettigrew's and like all these things. I was like, yeah, these all happened around each other. Yeah. Peter. I think about what? it being like the same day. <laughs> Peter. Pete. Pete. Damn old Pete. Uh, Peter mm-hmm. was the secret keeper for right. James and Lily because yes. they thought that Sirius would be too obvious. And so they were hiding because they and mm-hmm. Neville Longbottom's parents, since Neville and Harry are both born at the end of July, they're like one of these kids is the, Gonna be the chosen one. Is the chosen one and Voldemort wanted to kill both of them. Right. Yeah. So Peter was supposed to keep the secret for uh, Lily and James. He outed them. Sirius is like, that's was such he, a bitch move. Wait, did he out the fact that it was Harry? No, he outed where they were staying. And oh. that's where, and that's how Voldemort knew. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. the, the yeah. secret was like the magic protecting them at their house was that only one person. Why didn't he rat out Neville? Like, why didn't he just kill Because he wasn't them? the secret keeper for Neville. Oh. So um, he was the secret so keeper. He, okay, so he didn't know. They had yeah. to separate the secret. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. so yeah. they were. I've truly forgotten yeah. all of the lore. The secret was like the location of the house magic was protecting the location of the house when peter rats them out like the rat he is then sirius is like what a bitch and like hunts him down and is like hey he was like hey we were friends why how could you do that to your best friend and peter is like fuck you cuts off his finger turns into a rat but like also blows like a gas main yeah and so like sirius comes to two and everyone thinks that he blew up peter yeah and they're like they're like, wow, he's such a bitch. He sucked. He's such a rude I dude. I wonder if like Peter Pettigrew, and like he, I assume he was already an animagus who could turn into a rat. But like, They were all animaguses as teenagers. But it would be extra funny for him, like if, it, if by chance he was not, he was just like, you know what would be a cruel irony is if I ratted them out and then didn't do a rat. <laughs> <laughs> like he really planned this like, like this like yeah. dramatic flair. No, they all learned to be from animagus- a writing standpoint. Yeah. It makes sense, no. but from like a they were all animaguses, anime guy, anime guy in that sounds hi- right in Hogwarts. What that's where the marauders animal met. would you be? <laughs> that's why they were. That's why the marauders map existed. The what marauders. would you? What would be your dramatic irony, animagus? If you were like, this would really complete my life circle <laughs> to turn into this animal. Mm. Ponder. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a cat. But like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't have like a pun where like I've betrayed my friends and I'm an otter. <laughs> I'm an otter. <laughs> I don't have a story arc of my life yet. To yeah, know I don't know what, what the, I, would be. I won't be able to know until I'm laying in my deathbed and then I'll be like, and now I know I was a giraffe the whole time. Yeah. You got to have a real like life, uh, life plot moment. <laughs> yeah. I haven't lived enough to know the like dark truth of my life. I'm going to, I'm going to ponder this as I read. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he finally succeeded in shaking up the hands, trying to hold him back. He looked wildly around the street, seeing only a few muggles in their automobiles. The traitor. Where was he? The rat was here. He had to be. Merlin's beard, Sirius. Finite incantatum. Sirius stopped short and stared at his surroundings. A quiet muggle side street, with cars going past on a wider connecting street. Why was he here, with Remus in front of him? He'd just been in Godric's Hollow, holding Harry, safe in his arms, after... He sobbed a breath, unable to finish the thought. He'd lost his godson. Couldn't he do even that one thing, right? James, Lily, I failed you both. I swear I won't fail Harry again. He shook his head, rather like a dog shaking off water, and Remus hugged him. He let himself lean into the comforting warmth of his friend's arms. Mooney? Remus met his gaze as if searching for a shred of sanity in his eyes. Truthfully, Sirius wasn't sure what his friend would find. Are you all right now, Sirius? I think someone hit you with a confundus charm, followed by an imperio. He frowned, trying to think back to his last clear memory flinching away from the thoughts of destruction he'd seen. Who did it? Where's Harry? I think Hangrid took him, but I didn't see who cast the spells on you. I got there too late, Remus said, his voice catching on the last word, as if he wanted to howl his own pain to the uncaring moon above. Sorry, just the idea of like a man just being like, I got there too late. Woo! 
<laughs> like it's not like it couldn't turn into a house. Anyway, they're very in their animal yes. <laughs> descriptions this day. That's because they're feeling a lot of the emotions. Oh, true. They're like, they, they can't human right now. Yeah. <laughs> they're in too much of a lizard brain state of pain. They're feeling feral. I would be a lizard. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how when I just like, like, I'll like do something and not realize or I'll say something like I'm fully in lizard brain mode of like yeah, but just wandering around. I think I'd be a lizard. Grace is finally just doing things without having to think about it consciously. I think Good for her. As I, was, I think I'm I think I'm a kitty cat. Mm. Um partially in that like, you know, the you're just how like yesterday I was just walking around and then all of a sudden NPC brain took over and I just turned off. It's like when mm-hmm. you know you're watching your all cat the and they just all of a sudden like kind of glitch. They just like forget <laughs> that they are a cat or they just like or this morning when I had too much caffeine where I all of a sudden was like I had like cat zoomies. Yeah, oh no, you had we we had the zoomies off each other just yeah. running for like a full 20 minutes for no reason at all i think the coffee was just like a little stronger i don't know why the vibes were crazy it was a good time okay uh back to this sad story oh. <laughs> yeah serious slumped then resting his forehead on his friend's shoulder they're gone mooney james and lily are gone he could barely speak around the lump of grief in his throat threatening to cut off his breath that was all right if he died he'd be with them with james and lily don't think like that Remus inhaled sharply and grasped Sirius' arms once more, pushing him back to stare into his face with gentle brown eyes gone wild with realization. They don't have to be gone, Remus said urgently. No, Sirius, listen to me. There's still time to save them. He didn't dare let slip the hope that tried to flare at his friend's words, but Remus would never lie to him. If he said there was a way to save them, how? The word sounded as if it had been torn from the depths of his soul. Time, Remus said, dark eyes boring into his as if willing him to understand. Sirius shook his head. He had no idea what that was supposed to mean. Here now, what are you two doing? They both looked over at the sharp voice. A constable walked toward them from the direction of the wider street, an air of tension about him. We need to get out of here, Remus muttered. Are you ready? For what? The words were barely out of his mouth before he found himself yanked away in a side-along apparition. They landed on the upper floor of the shrieking shack, in the room they had turned into a kind of den. It was the only place that could be safe for them now. The shack was a perfectly hidden spot, and it was so surrounded by protective spells that it was practically hermetically sealed. He could almost smell Lily's perfume from the last time they had all been there. Sirius stumbled, trying to contain his sudden nausea. He'd never smell her perfume again. He swallowed and lashed out at the nearest target. Merlin's left nut, Mooney! What the (laughs) hell are you doing? That was a muggle! The statute- The statute won't matter, Remus said soothingly. Not if I'm right. Not if we can pull this off. For a moment, Sirius wondered if they were in that mirror world that the American telly show Lily had liked. (laughs) From the American telly show that Lily had liked. Don't know what that's referencing. Where the good guys were bad guys instead. Or maybe they just switched bodies. You sound like you're me. Remus patted his arm. Don't worry. He unbuttoned his muggle shirt, revealing a necklace with a small metal and glass object. Remus patted his arm. It's from the same book. Don't worry. Sirius braced his hand against the wall for support. Mooney, he breathed, feeling better than he had in hours. That's a time turner. Yes. A smile flashed across Remus's face at his reaction. That's what I was trying to tell you. We can use this and we can go back and save them. I could kiss you, he said, still staring at the time turner. He doesn't. In Remus's hands. <laughs> Damn it. What they could do with that. Ideas and possibilities ran through his brain and the pain of James's loss stabbed him again. James was the leader, their planner. Thanks, but no. Between you and James, I get more than enough of that nonsense. Sirius, distracted finally from his pain, had a ridiculous urge to laugh at him and just decided to sit on the floor, which was the only place available. What do we do now, Mooney? Remus crouched down next to him and laid a hand on his shoulder. We bring our family back. Sirius conjured parchment and a self-inking quill and started making a list. He had an idea that just might work, and they didn't have a lot of time to come up with an alternate plan. There was only a short window of time when they could safely go back into the past, for long enough to make a difference. We only have one shot to make things right, Remus warned. We need to make sure it will go smoothly the first time, he glared at his friend. I know. There's a lot riding on this. He looked down at the parchment. This is a checklist. Timeline. Timing. James's invisibility cloak. Equipment. The last item was circled, and circled again. He grinned wolfishly. That one was going to be good. They apparated near the ruined cottage and found a semi-sheltered niche. Niche? Niche? Between three... Between niche. Niche? Niche. I thought a niche was like not a physical thing and a niche was like a physical place. I might have just made that up in my brain. I feel like you made that up. I just made that up. I think a niche is both like a physically small little alcove place Mm. and also is the concept of being into something, (laughs) a small recessed interest. It makes sense when you say it like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I may be wrong. And found a semi-sheltered niche between three trees in to hide in, away from the prying eyes of the muggles still responding to the destruction. A cheerful bird feeder hanging from one of the lower branches was a welcome distraction for him to focus on. It was empty, though. Whoever had put it there had forgotten to fill it. Sirius had an odd stab of sympathy because he felt empty, too. Oh, God. It's like this. <laughs> where it hurts. Where are you, my dude? <laughs> wow, there better be some comfort at the end of this hurt. Yes. Eh, don't worry. We'll get there. Are you ready? Remus asked, watching him with a sad smile. Yes. Remus nodded once again, sharply. He was more than ready. Even though he hoped their plan would be successful, his grief was still affecting him more than he let Mooney see. There had been a moment after they arrived when he could have sworn he smelled their own scents already there. But that was ridiculous. Nope, that's time turner <laughs> shit. <laughs> They'd been away, planning, for long enough that their earlier scents around the cottage would have faded. Then he thought he could see things moving in the shadows. He even thought he'd seen Snivellus's bat-like form sweeping into the cottage. And that was hardly likely to ever happen. Mm, more likely than you think. Do it. Josie, do you want to say do it? That's like your phrase. Do it! (laughs) That's like the next line of dialogue. Do it! Remus somberly draped the chain around them both, then took hold of the time turner and rotated it, counting the five turns under his breath. Around them, time came to a stop, and then, with a jerk, it began flowing backwards. Here we go. They watched as people moved backwards, reversing their actions. Overhead, the moon sank towards the horizon until it dipped out of sight at twilight, only to be replaced by the late evening sun. Then, everything seemed to hesitate, and with another jerk, the time resumed its forward motion. This is the farthest back I've ever gone. I didn't know this five-hour rule thing was a thing, but apparently it's a five-hour. You only got five hours. <laughs> I'm not surprised, because you probably, like, you can't go back too far, because right. otherwise you'd really fuck up Because I know, like, the you turn it once, that's an hour, and I think Hermione usually used it for, like, two, maybe three. Yeah, because she like, just went back and, like, went, went to back class. to the class, yeah. <laughs> Fucking lamest fucking use of this time turner. No, I get it. Right. I like. Okay, that's why I appreciate this fic. I was like, we really got like until the fucking cursed child, which we don't need Skip to talk. That bitch. We don't need to talk about Bruno. Just like we're gonna introduce this magical tech as a kid's study aid, and it's probably and it's like because, a mulligan like, because they use it for something else. But like, it's funny yeah. that that was the first introduction. Yeah. I was like just thinking about it. It's probably one of those like in the same way that they were supposed to be licensed anime anime guy anime guy um, because uh, you can't just like not know that people can like turn into shit because they'll commit crimes. Yeah. So it's like, so I'm assuming you got to have a license to operate a time turner and they probably monitor it and like make sure you can't just like go back. This is the farthest back I've ever gone, Remus said, looking around curiously at the now quiet street. I wasn't sure if it would work. Sirius stared at him. You pushed it past the five-hour limit, didn't you? Just a bit, Remus said with a slightly abashed air. He took off the chain and put the time-turner into his pocket. I wanted to be sure we had time on this end. Good. That meant that they had more time to put the plan into operation. Sirius brushed past his friend and looked back over his shoulder. It worked. Now let's get going. Remus huffed a self-deprecating laugh and fell into step at his side. They walked through the ward as the perimeter of the property. It always felt like a gentle embrace to Sirius when the wards recognized him and allowed him to pass. This time he had to fight the automatic feelings of safe and home. There was no time for that. They went up to the stone path to the cottage's front steps, and Sirius pushed open the door, stopping as the scent of Lily's perfume filled his senses. He closed his eyes for a moment and stepped inside. Once over the threshold, he automatically looked towards the stairs to the second floor. James had been there, lying so still. He shook his head, cursing no, under his breath. don't think about that. No, don't think about the future past. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the future. Back to the future past. And then James was there walking down the stairs with a question on his face, and Sirius's heart stuttered. He wanted to rush forward and hug James, get him off the stairs, but Remus was there, a comforting hand on his arm, and a murmured, steady, in his ear. He swallowed and forced himself to stay calm. We've been betrayed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think you can just tell your best. If you, like, ran into the door... Yeah, maybe don't go and say, you're gonna die! <laughs> so he went, like, a little softer. We've been betrayed. Best to lead with the bad news, so James would understand their urgency. Mooney and I used the time-turner. He paused, but James's only reaction was a surprised widening of his eyes. It's bad, Prongs. It was Peter. You need to tell Lily and Harry to get out of here. James held his hand up, signaling, wait, and turned his head to call upstairs. Lily, we need you. Can you come down, please? <laughs> really mundane, like, hey, uh, hey, babe. Um, our friends are here, and they are, they have some urgency in their voice. <laughs> but these are your very bestest friends. Like, if you burst into my house and was like, Claire, no time to explain. No time to explain. Come with me. I would be like, okay. Fair. You probably, you would yes hand me. It's kind of mm-hmm. regardless of what the situation was. Yeah. Family love. Okay, anyway. <laughs> you gotta be ready to <laughs> you just gotta be yes ready to fight for your family. <laughs> yes and your family's crimes. 
Don't do that. Okay. Get in the car. We'll solve it later. Get in the car. Uh, Lily, we need you. Can you come down? Then he turned his attention back to Sirius. How much time have we got? The attack starts in four hours, Remus said quietly. We came back from six hours ahead. We have a plan. James? Lily came down the stairs, holding Harry with a puzzled expression. What's going on? Why are Remus and Sirius here? And why do we need a plan? Pafu! Harry called out. Oh, His chubby baby arms reaching for Sirius. He calls him Padfoot. No. Uncle Pafu. No. My heart. (laughs) I know. I think that's really the only thing he says, but it's very cute. He swallowed hard and plucked Harry from his mother's arms. There was no way he could deny himself a cuddle with his godson now. He hugged the little boy to him, tears prickling his eyes. Hello, prongslet. (laughs) Prongslet. My little fragile heart. Any prong. What is prongs? Prongs are like the prongs on his antler. Oh, that's what... Okay. Because he's... Yeah. I was trying to remember why he was prongs. Okay. he's a deer. Little baby deer. He's a little fawn is what he is. Oh, yes. That's cute. Lily's eyes widened in alarm at the sight, and she swung towards her husband. What's going on? Mooney, Sirius whispered, a plea for his friend to tell the tale. His own voice wasn't working properly at the moment. Right. Remus stepped forward, placing himself where he could defend Sirius and Harry from anyone trying to enter the cottage, and told James and Lily what had happened earlier, or rather, later, that evening. And you're positive it was Peter, James asked, as if unable to believe it. Yeah, There's he's a no fucking mistake. punk. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't know why we were ever friends with him. Why were we ever friends with this man? He looks like a rat. He a rat. The good Lord knew he was going to be a rat, so we gave him a rat face. <laughs> That's no, a mafia shit. I'm sure, I'm sure he looked like Regular. a rat after he was cosplaying as a rat for 20 years or whatever the fuck. Right. It's 15. also just, you know, the complexities of who we change uh, as people as we age. It's like how um, dogs and people start to look like, like mm-hmm. an owner will start to look like their dog. They didn't start that way, but they end that way. They do end that way. <laughs> start to look like a rat. He's the only one it could be, Sirius managed. His voice a harsh whisper. He's secret keeper. Maybe. James shrugged helplessly. Could he have been coerced? You know it doesn't work that way, Lily said gently, her eyes full of sympathy for her husband at the betrayal of his friend. James looked away, and she dropped her eyes for a moment before straightening with, a de- with determination. All right, plan. We need to contact Dumbledore. He'll know a safe place for us. No, Remus said quickly. When both Lily and James frowned at him, he said, There's too many unknowns. I told you that Sirius had been confounded and imperioused. We don't know who it was, only that he was ordered to give Harry to Hagrid and go after Peter. We need to keep this to ourselves. We can't risk the wrong person finding out. At the word wrong person, James muttered Snape under his breath and Lily slapped him in the chest. Hush you, she said. Go ahead, Remus. It'll be all right, Sirius interrupted. You're like, I'm just really having an off day. I watched the two of you be murdered and then like my godson be ripped from my arms and like, I'm just, give me a minute. It'll be all right, Sirius interrupted, smiling down at Harry's gap-toothed grin. We have a plan to fix things. Once more, he and Remus were hiding outside the Potter Cottage in the stand of trees. This time, though, they had the advantage of James's invisibility cloak. James and Lily had listened to their plan, and they made their own changes. Sirius smirked. Plans always worked better when James took control, and Lily wasn't too bad in the planning department either. Darkness had fallen while they'd made their preparations, and the muggles no longer passed by along the street. Inside the Potter's Cottage, the lights went out one by one. He hated waiting at the best of times, and this definitely wasn't one of those times. How much longer? Shouldn't be long now, Mooney said, his attention on the mirror he held. The other mirror was hanging in the upstairs hallway of the cottage, angled to show the stairs and into one of the bedrooms, the one set up as a nursery for Harry. So they're like walkie-talking and through mirrors. So they can can see what Harry's bedroom sees. With five successive pops, the Death Eaters and their master appeared, and the rat. Sirius growled under his breath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you ever hear a dog just like... Like, yeah. They just like boof so quietly because they know they're not supposed to. Boof. That's that's serious. <laughs> this rat, <laughs> this rat man. <laughs> not now, Pads. Remus said, icy calm. How can you stay so cool about this? Sirius didn't take his eyes off the group at the front of the cottage. Two of the Death Eaters were attempting to force the wards one by one. I'm not really sure what the wards are, but like the it's wards like, are the uh, anti Voldemort charm things okay they're not like people they're like, like they're no 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 yeah hex. it's they're, like a, it's like a hex yeah they're like charm, objects that are like working. whatever a ward yeah yeah he smirked as Voldemort snapped at peter just because the rat was secret keeper it didn't mean he could bypass the wards i'm as angry as you are but i have control mooney glanced up to where the crescent moon rode the sky they were only a few days past the new moon sirius shriveled as something tore through him the last ward was down the mirror right Mooney shifted it so they could both see. Death Eaters in the cottage. Sirius wanted to attack, but he forced himself to stay in place. 
remember the plan. James was on the stairwell, ineffectively dueling Voldemort. Mooney squeezed Sirius's arm in warning as James went down in a shower of green light. Oh my god! Oh no. Voldemort stepped casually over the body and swept into the bedroom. He blocked part of their view, but that was all right. They could see enough. Voldemort threatened Lily, then the green of the killing curse flashed once more. Now, Padfoot. This doesn't feel like we're fixing anything. That's what I thought, but it's just you ain't, my friend. I'm scared. <laughs> now, Padfoot. He didn't need to be told twice. He threw off the invisibility cloak and raised a long tube to his shoulders. His birth family had hated him in his muggle-loving ways, but those ways had taught him there was some things that might be more powerful than magic, like an anti-tank rocket. <laughs> A bazooka. Shield, Mooney. Sirius cast a quick sound-canceling charm over his ears and pressed the button at the tube's midpoint. He felt the thump as the trigger struck the primer, causing an explosion that propelled the rocket toward the second floor of the cottage at breakneck speed. He couldn't even hear the exultant whoop he let out as he watched the rocket take down Voldemort. (laughs) Holy buckets. And part of the second story of the cottage. Yep, I was going to say, anti-tank also means anti-a lot of stuff. Anti-most things. Everything. (laughs) Pretty much everything is less strong than a tank. Yep. (laughs) Like a house. Yeah. He dismissed the sound-canceling charm as the rubble fell. A baby's terrified crying cut through the night, and it took everything he had not to rush to Harry's side. Mooney shifted restlessly beside him, telling him that his friend felt the same. They both had a strong instinct to protect the cub. The shield worked, he told Mooney, unnecessarily. Of course it did. I do good work. Here, give me that. Mooney took the rocket launcher and with a wave of his wand, muttered a spell, transfiguring it into a bird feeder. (gasps) It's empty! Because he's already been Serious smiled. It was just like Mooney to take something manufactured for destruction and turn it into something to help the living. There was a convenient hook on the tree next to him, so he hung it from the low branch and did a double take. That was the same bird feeder. Yeah, don't worry about it. An anguished wail came from the street, drowning out the child crying in the cottage, and he and Mooney turned together. It's me. The younger Sirius raced frantically into the ruined cottage. He felt his shoulder creep up towards his ears as he cringed, anxiety taking hold. Not long now, Remus said. His voice a steady rock Sirius could lean on, and he draped the invisibility cloak back over the both of them. Sure enough, Hagrid appeared moments later, landing next to Sirius's abandoned motorbike. The half-giant stood there, gaping at the destruction as if he couldn't believe it. An ashen-faced, stricken Sirius came back out of the cottage holding the now-quiet baby, his anguished words carrying clearly through the night. My fault. I'm so sorry. All my fault. But it wasn't right. I swear it. Sirius! Hagrid's face crumpled with sorrow. They're dead, aren't they? James and Lily. I couldn't help them! The cry of despair startled the baby into a new, like, so he's just seeing himself relive oh this moment. Fucking I'm a, sad. I'm a marshmallow watching myself cry while I would marshmallow all <laughs> over the place. Watching myself relive the worst moment of my life. <laughs> I'd be like, this is upsetting. Me too. I'm also sad. I'd be like, I remember Weird. that really cut extra deep. That's because it was like four hours ago. Like, I'd be it wasn't like, oh my God. Like in the past past. Jace. Jace. I couldn't help them. The cry of despair startled the baby into renewed wails, and younger Sirius hugged the baby tighter. Sorry, Harry. So sorry. All my fault. No, I would never have believed it, Hagrid whispered, his eyes widening in shock. Then he straightened, demanding, give Harry to me. Or give Harry to me. (laughs) It's written out phonetically. I'm just not doing it. In the shadows, Remus whispered into Sirius's ears, Merlin's beard. Hagrid thinks you're guilty. After all that, even I'd think I was guilty, (laughs) he whispered back. Fucking surrounded by fucking crumbling walls. Like, I'd probably think the one adult man yeah, was maybe, a little guilty. Maybe be careful what you say. Yeah. <sighs> there are no Miranda rights in, in England. Wh- or now. Or now. <sighs> We're not going to talk about it. Okay. He whispered back, his heart aching for his younger self. Younger Sirius stared at the half-giant, wild-eyed, stepping back and turning his body to shield the baby from view. No, I'm his godfather. I promised to protect him. I promised. Hagrid held up his hand and spoke in what he probably thought was a soothing tone. Now take it easy, Sirius. You're upset. Look at little Harry. He's frightened. I can take him to Dumbledore. He'll be safe. Safe? Younger Sirius calmed somewhat, staring at Hagrid with something like hope. Promise. Promise, Hagrid said. Now give him to me. As if in a daze, younger Sirius handed over the baby, as well as the spell to activate his motorbike. Hagrid mounted the motorbike, holding the baby in one arm. He looked sadly at the younger Sirius. I'm sorry. But if you're guilty, I can't have you getting away. He waved his umbrella wand. Petrificus Totalis. Under the invisibility cloak, Remus kept a firm grip on Sirius to prevent him from going out to help his younger self. But Mooney, that didn't happen before. How do you know? You don't remember. You need to wait until whoever confounds and imperious as you gets here. They waited. 
watching, as Hagrid rose into the air. No one else arrived. Sirius checked the time, worried. Something's wrong. Whoever it was should have arrived by now. And where are you? Shouldn't your younger self be here too? Remus shrugged, although a shadow in his eyes betrayed his concern. I got here right after your Patronus gave me the message that you needed help. How long ago did your younger self send it? He stared at Remus in horror. Mechanically, he pulled out his wand and cast the Patronus spell. <laughs> when the silvery dog manifested, he gave it his message. Find Mooney, he began, and huffed when the Patronus immediately pointed his muscle at Remus. <laughs> like, no, not this Mooney. <laughs> the other one. Tell him I need help at the cottage. There's something wrong. The Patronus cocked his head at him and with an impatient air looked once more at Remus, as if to say, this is Mooney, you idiot. <laughs> Not him. Not Sirius. him. Not this one. Sirius snapped, exasperated. The other Mooney. <laughs> he swore the Patronus rolled its eyes <laughs> before lopping off. Faster, this is an emergency, he called after it. He was rewarded with a flick of its tail, but at least it put on speed, disappearing from sight as it raced away. Beside him, Remus watched the whole thing with an almost distracted air. After the Patronus vanished, though, he stiffened in shock. I'm sorry, Padfoot. He shook off the cloak and hurried to younger Sirius, casting three spells in quick succession. Finite incantatum, confoundus, imperio. <laughs> so they're manifesting their own destiny here. <laughs> yeah. I like this because it actually makes sense. <laughs> right. With time, time travel's fucking crazy, yep. right, man? It's, it's hard. I don't, I wouldn't do it. It's just hard. <laughs> Left behind under the invisibility cloak, Sirius watched as his best friend confounded his younger self and ordered him to go after Peter. When Remus finished, he hurried back and got under the cloak. I was the one who cast those spells. I had to have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like waiting for somebody like, weird, no one's coming to like confound us you. I guess maybe I'll just do it. Oh, oh. Oh, it was me. You know? It was me the whole time. <laughs> that tracks. That, that tracks. That makes more sense. Uh, when Remus finished, he hurried back and got under the cloak. I was the one who cast the spells. I had to have <laughs> Younger Sirius stood there for a moment, muttering at the ground as the motorbike soared overhead, heading off to Dumbledore. Someone apparated in, just as he flung his head back, a mad gleam in his eyes. I know where you are, Peter. Sirius, wait, Padfoot! Younger Remus was there, trying to stop him, but it was too late. Sirius apparated away, but not before Remus hit him with a tracking spell and apparated after him. <laughs> Then, as if that lowered whatever spell that had been keeping the muggles from noticing what happened, the first of the rescue teams roared up, sirens wailing. It's done. Remus took off the invisibility cloak, shaking his head in wonder. We were the ones. We always had to be here. If we hadn't had used the time turner, you never would have gotten the message to be here. And you were the one to send me after Peter. Sirius paused, thinking about what he'd just said. Hang on, why did you send me after the rat? <laughs> I didn't see his body in the mirror. So he must have transformed and escaped. And it was a good way to get you and me once I showed up out of the way before the muggles uh, showed up themselves. He nodded. Considered that. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. Oh, shit. Muggles. Mooney. That constable. The muggle policeman? Remus groaned. You were right about the statute. We'll have to obliviate him. Sirius and Remus came out of the tunnel and into the shrieking shack that had changed dramatically from the last time they had seen it. A few minutes and a few hours ago. It was now brightly lit with the smell of delicious stew warming and happy laughter from a certain baby boy. No. James and Lily were there, ready for anything, with wands aimed at the intruders. It's just us, Sirius said with a bright grin. It's about time, James said while Lily stifled a laugh. They holstered their wands and then they were in a four-way hug and Sirius knew everything would be all right. Later, after they had eaten their fill of Lily's excellent stew, they relaxed in the main room of the shack. So no time travel has happened. Just a heads up. Yep. It's just that they're alive. We don't know why. Yep. <laughs> I had to read this a couple times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> James sprawled on the couch. Lily nestled comfortably against his side watching, his best friend playing with Harry on the floor. Sirius lay there on his back while Harry bashed him with a succession of stuffed toys. So, Lily said, shifting against him in an ap apparent bid to get more comfortable. Or to tease him. James wasn't quite sure. Everything that we couldn't explain earlier was really just the two of you. Remus, lounging sleepily on the chair with his feet up on the ottoman, turned to look in their direction. Everything, including what happened during the attack. You and James dead. Harry miraculously surviving. Voldemort destroyed. James winced in sympathy as a particularly enthusiastic swing of Harry's, of Harry's connected with Sirius in a place no man needed to be injured. His heart. I know yeah, it's not. <laughs> hit him right in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not where he got hit. <sighs> Lily snickered as Sirius yelped and rolled over, trying to shield his crotch from further harm. 
a baby can bring you down now, Padfoot. <laughs> he's made of marshmallows. That's fine. That's how he we want saw him to be. his two best friends be killed functionally by his Twice. third best friend. I guess the second time he knew something was up. So yeah, but he's had a long day. Let him be it's emotional. Been like a solid double five hours of ugh. <laughs> Men can cry over the deaths of their friends too, and it, they can say that it's because they were hit in the crotch. <laughs> That's let okay. them say it was because of a junk shot. Sirius grumbled something at Remus that James couldn't quite make out, and Lily slipped out of his arms and off the couch. She conjured an ice pack and handed it over to Sirius. She bent down in front of Harry. And you, young man, come to mummy. No more beating up Uncle Padfoot. That's my job. Uh. She carried their son back to the couch and sat down next to James, Harry on her lap. James leaned towards her and whispered, Your job, huh? Of course. Someone has to keep you men in line, Lily whispered back with a smirk. Just remember, Sirius called, raising his head uh, slightly from the floor. When you're contemplating beating me up, Mooney and me, we saved you. And that was a sobering thought. If you hadn't warned us, we would have been dead, James said with unaccustomed somberness. Harry too, probably. His eyes fell on the patch of floor in the front of the couch. That was the spot where he and Lily had sat to fight Voldemort. Hours earlier, in the same room, James and Lily sat on the floor besides a large bowl of water. It had been enchanted to show the image reflected in the new mirror Remus had installed in their cottage back at Godric's Hollow. On the stairs, a doppelganger of James stood waiting, a twig transfigured into a replica of his wand in the duplicate's hand. Lily's doppelganger was in the nursery, positioned in the doorway. The doppelganger of Harry stood quietly in his crib, clutching the rails. The extra hour of preparation time that Remus had given them when he pushed the limits of the time-turner had allowed them to create the three lifelike doppelgangers. They were essentially puppets, controlled by him and Lily. They should have been good enough to convince the Death Eaters and Voldemort that they were the real thing. The familiar feeling of wards being breached shivered through them. It's starting, James said, leaning forward for a better look at the image. Doppel James shifted into a defense position, wand raised and pointing down the stairs at Death Eaters as they burst through the cottage's front door. An echo of the Doppel's voice rang through his head. Lily, take Harry and go. It's him. Go. Run. I'll hold him off. Oh, no. It's like, I don't know what doppelgangers I made of in this universe, but I assume it's like, they're kind of like weird robots, but like, they're convincing weird robots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're like, oh no, my son. Oh no, don't go up there. (laughs) And Voldemort's just kind of stupid. He's like, yes. Ah, yes. Regular dumb people. (laughs) Yes, he's like, ah, yes. People are dumb. And of course they would just tell me. To not go upstairs. (laughs) Yep. Light flashed through the bowl as the spells hit their targets. One of the Death Eaters went down, and James felt a vicious satisfaction. Distance casting through... Oh, okay, so, like, whatever James does, the doppelganger does, so, like, yep, he's yep. actually fighting in this in the Shrieking Shack, yep, yep, basically. Yep, 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 yep. Like, he's he's full VRing this experience. Yes. yes. So he did actually kill a Death Eater, which is kind of tight, but, like, nice. <laughs> he could also die. Whoops. Whoopsies. You got two lives left. No. <laughs> One heart. Damaged. How many backtracks can we do? Distance casting through a doppelganger wasn't easy. Doppel James dodged another spell that hit the wall. So that's why James is like kind of bad. Like he's like, there was a, there was a mention of like, he like half-heartedly, like there was some mention of like, he's like half fighting, yeah. badly yeah. fighting. And we don't know why he's badly fighting. Yep. Weird. It's because he's distance. He's VRing yep, it this. Yep. It's glitchy. Doppel James dodged another spell that hit the wall, leaving behind a scorch mark. He saw a chance to get the traitor and cast a spell, only to miss when the former marauder shrank into a rat form and scurried away. Voldemort sneered. So pathetic. You think you can duel? He waved his wand, sending an ugly green light at the doppelganger. Doppel James fell, as though its strings had been cut. Voldemort nonchalantly stepped over the body and went to the nursery. His back blocked part of the image, but that didn't matter. James focused his attention on Doppel Harry and the baby doppelganger wailed in fright. Lily's doppelganger backed up as Voldemort advanced, ordering her out of the way. Doppel Lily refused, falling back into the, to the crib, pleading, Not Harry! Please, no, don't kill him! Take me! Kill me instead! Voldemort snarled at her. This is my last warning. Not Harry! Doppel Lily begged as the remaining Death Eaters entered the nursery behind their master. Please, have mercy! No, not Harry! Please, I'll do anything! <laughs> It's like it's it's like NPC like repeated text. No, stop, don't, no, stop, don't. Yeah. (laughs) But like Voldemort's like barely a human, so he can't even really tell what like pleading for your life sounds like. Yes. I love it. Now serious, James said under his breath. Lily's doppelganger went suddenly still. As across from him, Lily concentrated on erecting a shield around the crib. Something exploded through the nursery walls. The bomb. The the bazooka. (laughs) 
the bazooka. <laughs> yeah, this is the bazooka. Uh, the water in the bowl rippled and sloshed at the impact. And when the water stilled, the Death Eaters and Voldemort were dead. Good. Doppel Harry was safe, although it had an odd lightning-shaped scar on its forehead. James looked around the room through Doppel Harry's eyes. Everything looked just the way Sirius had described it. Even the crumpled form of Lily's doppelganger was the same. He shuddered. If Lily wasn't sitting across from him right that instant, he'd believed that she was dead himself. Then Sirius arrived. James heard him calling out for them through Doppel Harry's ears. His gut clenched at the grief-stricken cries when Sirius found Doppel James's body. His pad foot should never sound like that. When Sirius made it to the nursery to pick up Doppel Harry, James allowed Sirius to soothe its crying. Oh, you idiot, he muttered to himself as he realized what Sirius was saying. What is it? What's going on? Lily demanded. Her role done, she could only see what was happening through the bowl. Sirius really did think it was his fault. He looked up at her. Ugh. We're going to have to fix that. Oh, no. He's going to need so many hugs. Yeah. It's like just, okay, he's going to come, he's going to come in later and he's already experienced this like four times. We're going to really need to like, he's going to need so give much him therapy. Some, we're going to have to make him some soup and sit Because the funniest thing of that, this was like, why is Lily making soup? In this at like 2 a.m. At 2 a.m. in the Shrieking Shack, like, she's gone through a lot. But, like, in reality, she has it. Like, she has, but she hasn't. <laughs> not as much as poor Sirius. Like, yeah, Sirius has experienced the death of his friends, like, three times at this point. He needs some soup. <laughs> He's gonna need a whole puppy pile of hugs. I would need some soup, too. <laughs> Love soup. Love some soup. And that was why he loved her. He cast a glance at the real Harry, sleeping soundly in his cot, arms wrapped around his favorite toy, a stuffed black dog. Oh, God. When Harry's asleep, of course, and after Remus has gone home, they shared a conspiratorial grin and then Lily poked him. What's going on now? Oops. He focused back on the bull. Sirius was talking with Hagrid, handing over Doppel Harry with an expression of utter loss. Hagrid's taking the doppelganger to Dumbledore, I think. Let it seem to sleep. That's the last thing that needed to happen, right? He nodded and let the doppelherry fade from his awareness. Now we just have to wait for Sirius and Remus to get back. You cast the spell to hide us from their younger selves, okay? Remus said they never came downstairs while they were here. I've got, I'll get some stew started. <laughs> They're going to be hungry later. She gave him an arch look and we'll need our strength. He took a moment to pull her into his arms for a kiss, smiling when she pulled back and gave him a push to get along. Lily laughed. Later, remember? It's a date. He Gross. knew he had a silly grin on his face as he went to follow her orders. The day had been completely unexpected, but he was sure that the night was full of promise. The end. <laughs> oh, my God. If I could turn back time. Da, 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 da. If, if I, I could, could find, find a way. It's such a funny. That's the name of the fic is if I could find a way. And I was like, that really is. That really is a share lyric. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd give them all to you. Okay, anyway. <laughs> oh my God, my little broken heart. I know, but I was like, wow, you like really did make this time travel work. Good job. Probably better than either of the books did. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> it, yeah, it, uh, it did really make sense. And so like we can expand upon like, okay, the setup was all the same. But at some point, I, I, I would assume Voldemort is dead dead. Yeah. Maybe he's not. But at the very least, we go through a different universe in which Harry's not an orphan. Yeah. So, and he doesn't have a scar. Yep. It's just a regular. He's just a regular dude. <laughs> and maybe Lily and James can fight Voldemort if he so happens to come back. But he did get blown up by a... He got blown up by, 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 by a tank rocket. So... so. Maybe he's dead dead. I'd like to believe. This is very, if Hermione had a gun, I, but I know, like I was amplified. Like, I fucking, because like the rest of the, like I remember getting to that point and being like, I'm sorry, what is the tone? Because <laughs> it seemed so like misplaced, but then I was like, you know, I don't mind. <laughs> you know, maybe. We can be in crazy blow up Voldemort with the tank land and Time Turner actually solved all the problems. Right. Actual Harry Potter land. And you know, it's that I like, it's like we never really get into, you know, that a muggle might be useful right, it seems well especially like i was always hoping that like um arthur weasley would come in and be like rubber duck zing and like you know what i mean yeah, and yeah. like do something like do really like, I've been wildly studying them better for a while and they have even just because like when someone uses a tool that you don't understand they can use it against you pretty well yeah <laughs> it doesn't even have to be good doesn't yeah. have to be a tank no. be anything could be a sparkler they burn their fingers and you're like what <laughs> yep it's true stupid uh, yeah, so that was, if I could turn back time, if I could find a way, but only if I could find a way. Bye, Zephyr. It makes my broken little heart. I am both heartbroken Now we can just pretend healed. that there's a whole different non-rowling train of Harry Potter. Uh, 
We could just go to Hogwarts for funsies. Just funsies. Yeah, so if you enjoyed that fic, uh, I did cut out like a tiny, tiny little bit just because it was getting a bit long. So if you'd like to read it, please go to Zephyr Fox on AO3 and read some of their other stuff. I'm sure good. it is equally as well. If they thought of this on a fucking... I mean, car trips are the best time to think through it stuff. It is the best time to creatively... But remembering it all and then writing it down, no, that's the hard part. That is the hard so part. So I'm assuming when Zephyr actually like writes, sits and writes a fic in their normal time and not in their car it's uh probably even even better <laughs> so please give them the kudos and the props that they deserve if you enjoyed this fic it was a good time yes and uh, are we gonna tease what's next week or no what do you think i want to say sure. no yes don't we normally no no we, I, no we do you're right we haven't had a normal season in like three years it feels like <laughs> no you're right we do tease we do tease the next one i don't think we did it last week but yes we did i think yeah. Did I? I don't know. Yeah. We did. Yeah, I was like, we did. Thank you, Josie. What prompt are we reduxing if next week? If I could week? turn forward time. Ooh. If I could tell you next week. Oh, I was going to say, is it a future tag? That doesn't make sense. I would say it's a song fic. Oh. And you'll <laughs> scream. Oh. I'm going to bring a song fic next week. Oh, fuck. I'm so excited. <laughs> That could go in so many directions. I know. I forgot that I did the song fic. Yes, you did. <laughs> it really feels like something you would have done. Nope. It's something I yeah. asked you to find. Yeah. And then you did. Did you go back and find some actual Taylor Swift? Because I failed you. I read so much Taylor. I will get into it next week. All right. But, get uh, into it. Yeah, next week. But you'll, but you'll see. If you have feelings that you would like to tell us, if you have things you'd like to say, if uh, you have, I don't know, thoughts and opinions about anything that's going on in any of these episodes, I'm sure we've gotten some stuff wrong or nah. need to be corrected or you need to scream at us about like Shrek burlesque. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you have feelings about lately, you can get in touch with us in so many places. You can go to findpairingspodcast at gmail.com. You can go to findpairingspod on Twitter. You can go to findpairingspodcast on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok. I couldn't remember if I said it already. There's too many T's. I think all of our DMs are open, uh, except for maybe TikTok is weird. I don't really understand how it works. But definitely, yes. definitely Instagram. We post a lot of fun behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, and this is where our, like, prompt showdown happens. So if you're not following us on Instagram, I don't know what you're doing. You can help support our show by mm -hmm. uh, giving us $5 a month, where for that, you will get an additional two episodes per month, where Grace and I read fix that are too smutty for the regular podcast. Um, because of that, it is easiest if you just, like, click on in the show notes or type in patreon.com slash fine pairings or go into any of our link trees come hang out with us at that at that fake coffee shop that we made and as a reminder if you leave a five-star review if you take a screenshot send it to any of our dms or to our email you can request a 500 work fanfic of your choosing that either grace or i will write and we will most likely write and present that at the end of the season oh yeah and we will see you next week for songfic if I, I could, could teach the stars, I'd <laughs> give them all, all to, to you. you. Serious. <laughs> <laughs>